Welcome to the Sales Globe Rethink Sales Podcast. I'm Mark Danolo. And I'm Michelle Seeger. So Michelle, we get to look back on the year 2021 today and the predictions we made at the beginning of the year for what would happen around sales effectiveness. Yeah, what an interesting year it has been. And you know, Mark, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to predict something right now. What's that? That we were more right than wrong. Did you look ahead? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to see if we were right or we were wrong, or maybe it's still TBD and it'll carry into the next year. So this will be fun to take a look at. All right, so let's look at our first prediction, which was that fear and financials were going to drive behaviors. Right. Yeah, I mean, when we started mind mapping this thing out, that's what we looked at as the two drivers. So what did we say? So we've been telling everybody fear and financials are going to be the big drivers of behavior for uh, companies, sales, and customers. I want to break that into a couple of pieces. So the first one is really fear and liability. So, you know, fear about, is it going to continue? Is it going to come back? Um, how long are we going to keep going on like this? Uh, we pulled a few stats here and we're making some, some conclusions or some therefores about what you might yeah. want to do about it. So um, we've seen a couple different surveys recently. One of them right up here from uh, Pew Research Center, 39% of people say they definitely or probably won't take the vaccine. And we've seen a few other sources that are very similar. Right, 40%. Um, yeah, so you've got a lot so. of people that are still skeptical, even as the vaccine yeah. is coming out. And I think months ago we were saying, well, when the vaccine comes out, everything's going to go back to normal. But we know there's going to be considerable cycle time in that. And then we've got Dr. Fauci here saying, you got to have at least 75% of the population vaccinated to build herd immunity. So there's kind of a big delta there, right? right. Even if you get a lot more people that say they're going to they're gonna take it, it's going to take uh, some cycle time. So the big conclusion here is the vaccine is not the panacea for uh, the, the sales environment, at least not in the near term. So uh, caution is going to continue far into 2021. So, at, you know, at the beginning of 20, mid 20, we're going, okay, well, we'll be getting back to normal during 2021. Probably not. Uh, so it's going to continue to limit the ability of us to uh, connect, uh, salespeople to connect with, with yeah. teams, their teams, and with customers. And we're probably going to be operating in this mode for some time. So this will be uh, the new normal. We'll get into the details of what this means in terms of, of sales organizations. And expectations, it looks like, are are still going to be a point of conflict, even as we look ahead. But this year, what we've seen is that that expectation, that's one of the things that we believe is driving that whole war for talent. As we see people that are leaving, they're actually doing it. They're leaving their job to go work for another company that may have a a remote option for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So fear, financials, and along the way, we were talking about expectations. So I'd say we get a, we get a, a green light on that one, Michelle. <laughs> I would say let's high five Mark on that one. Okay, so let's take a look at another one. Yeah, so geographic boundaries will matter less. And I believe that people have heard us some 
have heard us say that, right? That prediction's been around, but what do we know that 68% of sales leaders say that they're adopting a hybrid selling model in 2021? Hybrid selling model, you're gonna hear this word now. Um, as we're researching, we're finding that it's becoming very commonplace to use that. And it means that I'm, I've got a combo job, right? Some of it is remote, some of it is an office, some of it may be on site. We actually are hearing about some people that are starting to travel again, although not to the extent that they were. And we'll see that validated, Mark, as we look at what is happening with the airline industry in, uh, shortly. And then we've got 70% of buyers say that they prefer remote human contact over digital self-serve. So what does that mean? That means that good news, everyone, we've been saying it all along, the sales role isn't dead. There is a place for human interaction and it just may be that a lot more of it is not face-to-face. -face. Now, where that's going to play out, we're not exactly sure yet. How much will be in person? How much will be remote? Um, but what we do know is that your role of your salesperson will not be taken over by digital. It will not be taken over by bots. What we are finding is that those that are looking at shifting their selling models already are doing things like virtual selling. So... And so, do we get it right or do we get it wrong, Michelle? I think we got this one right, Mark. Yeah, we said we said it. You know, the sales role is not dead; it's not going to be taken over by digital, but change is here to stay. And what we found was everything did not go digital. In fact, hiring picked up in the field and inside, and the new hybrid roles emerged. Right, so we had about thirty-seven percent of companies increasing field hiring about 44% of companies increasing inside and about 44% increasing hybrid. And that's going to be the big role ahead. So field, the field is alive and well. So let's look at the next one. And this one's about collaboration and productivity. We know that 33% of employees who say employers are providing effective ways to collaborate just 33%. That's kind of a low number, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, and I, and I think um, you, you got to think about the employers too. Uh, they have to find new ways to help people collaborate. They so, do, yeah. you know, we've been deferring off onto video conferencing and, and things like that. And gosh, a couple of months ago, Michelle, we asked the question about video conferencing. We said, okay, it's great. This is accelerating technologies like this, but there has to be a paradigm shift where things really change in terms of how we yeah. collaborate. So, yeah. you know, again, we were talking about this idea of um, how do we get beyond just the, the, the camera and the screen and, and the microphone, is there some way that we can better connect? Hmm. So were we right or were we wrong, Michelle? Uh, unfortunately, we were very, very right. And I say, <laughs> <laughs> I say unfortunately, because Mark, this continues to be an issue. And, you know, at the time we made this prediction, little did we know we started having uh, conversations with leaders, if you remember. And I remember one conversation we had very specifically about a CHRO and uh, this person's direct team. And there was a, a disconnect, right? The CHRO was like, we need to collaborate. We need to get in the office. We need to be face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. All of this remote right. Zoom fatigue is making me crazy. Mm -hmm. And his staff was, well, I'm kind of liking this being home. Really? You really think my productivity has decreased? 
So again, that's, that ties back to an earlier prediction around expectations, but the whole thing around the collaboration and the need for that and development, it definitely was seen as an issue and continues to be moving ahead. Yeah. So we, we cited something like uh, 85% of the sea levels thought that was going to be an issue and it has become an issue. And I think the perspective varies. So like you said, Michelle, the leaders can see that there's not the productivity, there's not the collaboration, but then you get these people that go, oh, I'm fine working at home. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, you're not because you're not developing, right? You're not connecting. <laughs> but then we have the contrast now, right? Because when we have people in the office we can now see the difference, right? All the neurons are firing, people are connecting. And what's happening is we're having this shift now of where it was all Zoom or all Teams, you know, all online. Now we have people in the office and it's like, oh, oh, wait, we got to make sure the people online can hear what we're saying, right? So it's starting to shift back in a lot of ways. So that productivity, again, looking ahead, I think is going to still be an issue uh, if we continue to work remote for the long term. And I think we're going to see a backlash at some point. All right, so our next prediction is around quotas. Mm. So what did we say? So let's talk about those goals now, those quotas, Michelle, because this has been a big question since the beginning of the year, which is what do we do with quotas? Yeah, it it has come up since uh, March, Mm -hmm. actually, the end of March. And and the answer was in the beginning, nothing. And then uh, the answer became, okay, we're going to go to more discrete quarterly quotas during 2020 so we can get more visibility on what's going on. And then um, during all of this, companies were reforecasting. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then some companies or a lot of companies have adjusted full year quotas uh, as well. Ouch, we were wrong. (laughs) On part of it, yes. (laughs) At least on the first part. So this whole thing about the short-term quotas that we thought was going to happen, really what we saw in reality is that uh, companies did not do that. They stuck with that annual quota. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we did see, Mark, through a lot of our clients is that there was a challenge, a supply chain issue and other macroeconomic right, factors. Right. And so as a result, what we've seen is that quotas have been moved up to more like the team level or regional or even market levels, um, which is definitely a change. And as a result, that has impacted some of the individual measures that are part of a plan design. Yeah, and and supply chain was not as apparent back when we made these predictions a year ago. But to your point about the supply chain issues, one of the big questions has come up is, well, if people do hit their quota, but we can't deliver, then what do we do? Do we still credit them for attainment? And then the answer has largely been credit the rep because that's what they control. So then the company kind of takes the brunt of it. That's been the general answer. It has been. Yep. So let's talk about where we were right. um, Yeah, I like that better. I like talking about where we're right. I like that too. (laughs) (laughs) So so we said that... um, History is history. That's right. History, history is history. History is history. <laughs> I'm forgetting my history, right? <laughs> which is true. Right. So, so as companies have looked ahead, they could not look back and actually use historical methods to set the goals. What they yep. had to do is start to look ahead, look at better demographic, firmographic information. And that, uh, in our experience, has largely been the case. So companies are becoming more focused on that. And something that I have found really interesting, um, you know, pre-pandemic, we know the importance of, and, and we really, uh, well, gosh, we wrote a book about it. 
strategic account planning and how important that is. Right. And yet it really wasn't uh, considered a, a top priority of a lot of organizations that it had become that static report that just sat on someone's laptop, never to be looked at again. But what we are seeing is that it is becoming a living, breathing process and a part of the really key process to set quotas appropriately and hit the goal. Yeah. And, and with emphasis on that second point, hit the uh -huh. goal, how do you hit the goal? Yep. So we have seen a big uptick in terms of effective strategic account planning, what I call aspirational account planning. So not just like you said, filling out the boxes, but how do we look three years out, five years out and put out some audacious goals and how do we change the way the customer sees us and how do we build stronger partnerships? There's been a big shift in that. And I, and I think that's, um, that's helped a lot of organizations that have focused on it. We are definitely seeing it make a difference. Okay, so let's look at some predictions, Michelle, around compensation, everybody's favorite topic. Oh, yeah. So the first one is around pay mix, salary and incentive mix. So what did we say? All right, and then mix, getting Mark. into compensation a little bit yes. here. So uh, pay mix. 60% um, of organizations have plans with at least 200% upside potential for the 90th percentile performers. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're seeing a move toward more upside potential in plans. And what we believe we're going to see in 2021 is a shift to pay mix becoming more aggressive to emphasize uh, performance and lower fixed investment. Right. So with the uncertainty, we think we're going to probably see a shift toward moving some of that to the sales organization in return for additional increased upside opportunity. And we were right. That's right. We like that when we're right. <laughs> yes, we do. So, Mark, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with pay levels overall. So, one of the things that we know is that for white collar jobs, that salaries are, or that pay is increasing 20 to 30% across the board. And what we're finding is that, you know, base salaries are going up as well as incentive. But at the same time, we're also finding that the pay mix itself, it's becoming more aggressive. And what mm -hmm. that means is that there is even more pay at risk. So let's let's get into that survey that we did earlier this year that went into incentive and how that's shifting across jobs. Right. So we mentioned before that the hiring is up in field sales, inside sales, and hybrid, Yeah. where we're seeing the biggest incentive increases in terms of the aggressiveness, the incentives is in the hybrid jobs. So those have a lot more pay at risk than, um, than uh, field and, uh, and, and inside right now. So that's, Mark, that's the big spot. And that's the job that's actually growing the fastest. And let's tell people, I mean, we conjecture that the reason mm -hmm. that they're able to increase the aggressiveness of that pay for that particular role so much is because it's a new role, right? So you're not like going in and doing dramatic changes to existing roles. But as companies are adding hybrid roles, we believe that that's why those jobs have an opportunity to be much more aggressive on the incentive side of the equation. Right. And, and then on the upside, we did say that upside opportunity is going to go up. And on that one, I think we were wrong because we have not yeah. seen substantial increases in upside. The same ratios of upside to incentive pay have pretty much held. So it's not like companies just increase the upside. But certainly the plans have gotten a lot more lucrative. Overall. That's right. 
All right. So following up on incentive, let's talk a little bit about the compensation plans themselves. Let's hear what we had to say. So we know that they'll become simpler. 25% in, in uh, that survey that we did again with World at Work, they said they use only one performance measure. Now, in 2016, they did a similar survey and 71% of it was, it's up 71% from the number that it is now. So um, companies are, are getting more simplified and we are being asked to simplify. And, you know, part of that is now people are working remote. You need a simpler way to measure their results. They need an easier way to understand. And it's not going to happen as, as, e- as easy when you're communicating through Zoom or across some of the the platforms, even Salesforce. So we are being asked to look at simplicity um, and companies are even focusing on the technology that will help them manage those plans as well. And so that's providing more latitude as well as 2021 comes up where uh, instead of saying, well, we we need you to sell these certain product groups or sell to certain types of customers or whatever the the, uh, uh, stipulations might be in a plan typically, gives more flexibility as, as 2021 happens uh, and strategies shift. What it right. also does is it, it does transfer more of that responsibility onto the sales manager. So we've sure got sales does. managers are going to have to do uh, a better job of, um, of leading and directing the front line instead right. of allowing the plan to do all of that. So it's almost like taking some of the, the governors or regulators off the plan and shifting that to management. <laughs> So, Michelle, on this one, we were not quite right. No, we weren't, Mark. (laughs) So, there's been a lot of demand to simplify plans, but what we see when we look at companies overall is where plans went to single measures during 2020, you had about a quarter of companies just have one measure in their plans. That's actually dropped later in the year to about 11% of companies and you have almost 60% of companies that are using three or more measures in their plan. And there's a consistent theme here, which I think is is, is kind of revealing, which is we got through the pandemic, or at least through the, the belly of the pandemic, but the controls are back. So we're more specific, or companies are more specific about what they're measuring. And then when we had the thresholds that got taken off the plans during the pandemic, those are back. So you have to hit minimum performance requirements. And then the pay caps and bluebird policies are back as well. So I think there's an interesting dynamic here in that the controls are back, yet we have a war for talent. And you would think controls would be loosened up to be more attractive. So we have to see how that plays out. Yes, we do. It's very unusual what we're seeing right now, um, because those caps and plans, those Bluebird policies are always a good thing, but the caps and the plans and the thresholds we're seeing and the number of the controls, it's been very surprising for us. And speaking of the belly of the pandemic, isn't it about time for lunch? It's always lunch somewhere, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) So along with compensation, Michelle, comes the question of turnover, because that's an important thing to people. And we made a prediction that turnover was going to increase. So everybody's hunkered down during the pandemic. Turnover was going to increase. And we were right right about that as well. And it, it has. And um, let, let's talk about that. Right. Because turnover hasn't just increased because people are leaving their companies if they, if they have to go into an office. We know that that's absolutely not true. 
But what we are finding is that uh, as people have been uh, working remotely, they've been really thinking about their careers. They've been thinking about the amount of time that they spend at work and how they're spending their time overall, you know, in their lives. And what we're finding is that, you know, companies that are very clear on their vision, on their mission, and even looking at how their beliefs, what their beliefs are and being clear about that, um, that's drawing people that have those same beliefs and that believe in that mission and vision as well. Right. So, so you've got a, a shift in supply and demand yeah. with the labor market and, and uh, employment, and then people have choices. The market is getting, you know, back to the compensation point, the market is getting bid up, right? So it's frothy now in terms of compensation. So you have people out there taking higher pay levels. You have some people, I think, just fishing, looking yeah. for more than they're actually worth. But there's, there, is that, there is that movement. So as you said, bigger purpose, better pay. Um, and, and it's going two directions, really, in terms of what people want on the remote work. Some people are like, I've got bunny slipper fatigue. I can't sit around my house anymore and do Zoom calls all day. I need to get yeah. out, right? Yeah. Other people go, well, my employer wants me to come back to work and I don't want to come back to work anymore. <laughs> so therefore, I need to find a place where I can stay at home in my bunny slippers, right? So you got both directions going, but there's definitely movement. So that was a, that was a big prediction for us, which I think uh, is totally true at this point. Okay, so next we're going to get into data and actually how data can be leveraged to support sales process, messaging, and what's communicated to customers. And with that, we're also going to get a little bit into the salesperson of the future. So uh, we think that organizations are going to have better data support capability. Yep. And what that means is that We've talked about the idea that you can't just rely on the relationship anymore with customers to uh, to make the sale. Uh, we think one of the big differentiators is going to be better problem solving, like yep. we said before, but that's got to be data-driven analytical problem solving. So salespeople are going to have to arrive at the sales call, whether it's virtual or in person, with better information and better recommendations and, and better ability to have uh, problem solving conversations. How do you do that? Well, you have better data about the customer, about their industry, about their situation. How do you do that? Well, salespeople don't have time, right? That's right. So uh, we think we're what we're going to see in sales organizations is probably uh, uh, more data support capability in terms of uh, teams or organizations to uh, uh, develop that information for the sales organization. And the salesperson of the future is going to be the, the data-driven creative problem solver. So they're going to have to, we're going to have to change the playbook and we're going to have to equip sellers to be able to do that better. Right again, Mark. <laughs> That's right, Michelle. So what we're seeing is an increase in building out data support capability for uh, solution development and problem solving. And then we're also seeing something um, similar to that as well, which is an increase in omni-channel. So the connection point between... Um, all these different channels, so buying online, uh, talking to a person, uh, in person, et cetera. So essentially, the B to C, the business to consumer experience is moving to B to B. So more of our clients are asking us, how do we create a seamless experience so they can buy however they want to buy if they don't want to see somebody? Um, you know, because back to the data point, they can the customer can do all of their research, they can get of all of their information, their data online because we can, we can fulfill that part of the sales process without having to have somebody in front of them. 
Yes, and and we believe that that's why the uh, the role of the sales rep is changing over time because yeah. what they were doing in the past is not necessarily what the expectation is any longer of the buyer. And if they continue to sell and service the way that they have been, they're going to become irrelevant. Right. So it's no longer just about relationship or just about providing information or just about fulfillment. It's about problem solving. What we think of as the data-driven creative problem solving, which interestingly ties back to the whole point on aspirational account planning. That, that's what that's all about is how do we differentiate for our best and biggest or highest potential customers. It's through that type of problem solving. So that kind of connects back very nicely. That's right. So relationships remain important. However, how they're structured and what's communicated and the expectation of the communications back and forth is what's changing. Yep. So uh, so that was a lot of fun, Michelle. Uh, 25 yeah. predictions. You can check out all 25 on our website. Like I said, we didn't want to take you through all of them today. But then we're going to tee up our predictions for 2022. So listen for that. And uh, Michelle, let's charge ahead into the new year with everybody and have a successful 2022. Sounds great, Mark. <laughs>